What's up, everybody? Brian Tong here. Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. You know the drill. Every week, all the news that you can get. There's not too much big stuff happening this week. We're ramping up right before WWDC 2018, which will happen on June 4th. But again, this show is your show just as much as it is mine. We'd love to hear from you. Call us at one 833 ABXL, that's 833-888-2295. And again, I'm independent. I'm doing this on my own, so you can help out and sponsor the show at patreon.com slash Tong with all the details for that. All right, let's just jump into it. And I said, you know, not, not too much of a heavy dose of news this week, but to start off the day, iOS 11.4, the sixth beta of 11.4 has been released it's kind of slowly and surely been ramping up with new features that we will expect to see before iOS 12 at WWDC. But at least here's what is in the developer version of iOS 11.4. We know that messages in iCloud has been brought back. Uh, they were testing it in 11.3. They never put it out in the release. So that'll be part of it. HomePod stereo support has returned in this beta, but requires an unreleased HomePod beta firmware to make it work. So, okay, that that may or may not drop in 11.4. AirPlay 2 has returned when used with tvOS 11.4. So you really have to be a developer to try all these things out. But it, it just shows us the indication that, yes, it is coming. Maybe in 11.4. Sometimes they might even push it out if it's still not ready. And we'll see. But because this is the sixth beta... All signs point to the fact that we should be seeing 11.4 drop pretty soon. Uh, Again, there's also like a product red iPhone wallpaper that's been part of beta 2, but beta 3 through 5 has pretty much kept in line with these, a few extra tweaks. There was evidence, though, a little while back with 11.4 that the HomePod would eventually support the ability for you to do calendar updates, right? Talk to talk to your phone or sorry, talk to your HomePod and then add calendar events and appointments on it. That was found in some of the digging deep inside of the developer beta. So we'll see if that happens. Obviously something that is desperately needed to support iCloud calendar interactions. In addition to that, if we're talking about the HomePod, check this out. How how many we've talked about, there were estimates of how low uh, Apple's HomePod when it first came out, there were rumblings that at least in the first week, it it made up somewhere around 9 to 10% of the market, but then significantly took a huge drop after that. Well, strategy analytics and the HomePod is kind of like, you know, the fail floppy pro- Apple product right now. It can get better, still sounds great, but just isn't enough. If, if you saw I dropped the official music video for the HomePod, I played that song you know, a little while ago on this show, but the official video I put out on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Brian Tong. You all can check that out. It's kind of goofy and crazy, but Apple, according to Strategy Analytics, sold an estimated 600,000 HomePod speakers during the first quarter of 2018. So this is during the January to March time period. Now, if you want to think about that, where does it stand with the other manufacturers? According to Strategy Analytics, that made up roughly just 6% of the entire global smart speaker market. Amazon 
shipped an estimated 4 million Echo Smart speakers during the first quarter of this year for a 43.6% share of the market, while Google bumped up a little bit, a little estimated 2.4 million Google Home speakers, making up 26.5% of the market share. Some of the other competition, Alibaba has their own smart speaker, came in ahead of Apple with 700,000 shipments. Alibaba, I didn't even know they made a smart speaker. 700,000 shipments, more than the Apple HomePod. And then also Xiaomi trailed behind with 200,000 units. But there you have, Apple has a real long way to catch up and close this gap between Google and Amazon. And right now, the way that the product stands, I don't see it happening anytime soon. I think they'd be just happy if they could even get somewhere from 10 to 15% right now. But you know how I feel about the HomePod. I've said it ad nauseum. You know, I people think I'm hating on it. I think it's just the real talk. It's just not good enough. And until Siri gets blown up and gets totally revamped, the HomePod will trail significantly behind the Amazon Echo and the Google Home. And even, even Alibaba. Alibaba is kicking their butt, at least when it comes down to actual product shipments. Other news, uh, we talked about iOS 11.4, and we're expecting to see some new bells and whistles coming when it's related to the iPad line because that's when uh you know the iPad Pro specifically that is my baby that is my go-to well recently the iPad Pro and the iPhone 10 were named displays of the year by the Society for Information Display I did not know that there was a society for information display um, this will be officially announced during the annual Display Industry Awards uh, that are taking place at the Display Week trade show. Now, Display Awards are meant to really highlight you know, what is the most high-quality, innovative work taking place in the industry. Apple's iPad Pro models, which were released in June of 2017, at least the 10.5 and the 12.9 models that were released uh, during the WWDC period, Won an award for their ProMotion display. ProMotion for me. ProMotion for me. You know, you if you've never experienced ProMotion, I know, uh, I think one of our listeners, Terrence, called me to see like, hey, should I upgrade now? Don't upgrade now. Wait for WWDC. But ProMotion display, the 120 hertz display refresh rate, which is butter, make, makes that product just feel amazing compared to anything else you have. Yeah if you are in the market to buy one. But that is one of the reasons why it won the award. In addition to its compatibility with the Apple Pencil and the latency between that, just the overall, the entire 120 hertz ProMotion display improves text scrolling, gaming, Apple Pencil, latency, everything you can think of. It it does it. So that's why it was given an award for that. Award for that. Apple's iPhone 10 also given a Displays of the Year award for its edge-to-edge Super Retina Display. They did not mention the notch. They did not mention the notch. It's the first OLED display, at least for an iPhone, with support for HDR and True Tone. Uh, But they gave it an award as well. Other devices or products that were rewarded here, the Sharp 70-inch 8K LCD TV. I don't know if any of you have the cheddar to drop on that. I don't even know how much that TV costs right now. I'm guessing it's over 25 k if I had to guess how much it costs. 
but that was rewarded as well as other um an automated 3D touch surface from Continental. Continental uh, also I, I think behind the tires that are not only on cars but on the bottom of my Adidas Ultra Boost. <laughs> so they're doing things. But anyways, display awards given out by the Society for Information Display just Apple getting some accolades and that in I do want to make a note that there aren't at least up to my knowledge, the only phone that I know out there that has a 120 hertz refresh rate is the Razer phone, and that was due to their acquisition of Nextbit. And so the Razer phone is their first phone, but is really all the inner workings from uh, the next from Nextbit, who had a previous phone. That phone has a 120 hertz refresh rate on it. Now, you actually have to kind of flip the switch on because by default for battery saving purposes, it runs at 90 Hertz, which is still better than pretty much all the displays that we have on phones. But you got to try 120 Hertz, re- 120 Hertz refresh rate on a display. It's if you thought your phone was smooth as butter, it's even smoother. So just to kind of point out other products that are out there, we talked about the iPad and Microsoft kind of maybe taking a page of, Hey, we've got the surface pro line. We've got the surface book line. According to Bloomberg, Microsoft is planning its next tablet line to be lower in cost. And this is really for them to make an effort to try and attract people to Surface products who aren't interested in the more expensive Surface Pro. It makes sense, right? Bring something that is more affordable to the table. Apple's cheapest option is so is around, what is it, 329 I think, 329 for the current entry-level iPad. According to the report, the Microsoft Surface low i guess low cost service line would start around $400 but again it does act as a de- a PC and a tablet at the same time it can support all those apps and we have continued to talk about how Apple refuses to do anything like this and i've got to tell you that if microsoft is able to be successful and can take even let's say a 5% chunk of market share from Apple purely from making a low-cost Surface Pro that starts around $400? Well, Apple can do two things. They can either lower the price of their iPads or they're going to make a hybrid device. I told you in the next five years, I'm pretty sure, which is a ton of time in the tech world, we will Apple will go back on what it said and will make a hybrid device. It's time for a hybrid device. They don't have anything or any indication of an operating system that can support that yet. But I think there's more than enough people that want a hybrid device and not iOS that happens to have a keyboard. The The Surface Book, and the sorry, the Surface Pro, it has a trackpad. You can use it just like a laptop. You can use it just like a tablet. You can do it either way. One of the ways that they're thinking of how to make this lower price and lucrative is to make them 20% lighter in weight. That would make them also most likely reduce some of the battery capacity, which there in turn would reduce battery life to make it somewhere, according to the report, as much as four hours fewer. Uh, right now, the Surface Pro has roughly 13 and a half hours of battery life. So let's say we're talking about nine to 10, but not much is really known about the insides. But again, Microsoft now, with the success of the Surface line, is coming directly at Apple. And this won't, reveal itself right away but i'm sure in six months when this product drops whenever it does 
we'll see how Apple reacts to that because just lowering the price of an entry-level iPad isn't going to do it. We also wanted to celebrate today, Thursday, May the 17th, at least the time of the, uh, the recording of this, it's Global Accessibility Awareness Day. And Apple did a kind of nice, really cool thing on their website to showcase all the different ways that they're supporting accessibility through different features on their iOS devices. Even something, you know, they talk about using sign language with FaceTime. Uh, that's one thing. But also, right, you can change the contrast of the screen. There's tool, there's accessibility modes that allow you to navigate your iOS devices differently, uh, things of that nature. So they wanted to showcase this, but I did want to bring this up because not only do they, you know, are doing things with vision and hearing and even motor skill stuff. We we like to talk about things outside of the Apple world, and I don't know if you saw what Xbox dropped, but they put out this new adaptive controller, which is specifically made for people with disabilities and allows you it's really cool because on the it just looks like a rectangle with kind of two two large buttons and a d-pad but what's cool is there's 19 ports on the back of this and all of these are 3.5 millimeter jacks but these aren't these aren't headphone jack ports it allows you to connect different devices really uh, what's been out there for a while and i wasn't even super familiar with this add-on devices specifically for communities and people that are limited mobility gamers. So you can punch in peripherals. They showed how you could basically put in, you know, different devices that represent moving left or right. So you could use your knees to control the direction of where you're going. For example, something just like, uh, what is it? Oh my gosh. Why can't, why can't I, um, is it rocket league? You know, the soccer game with the cars, you can navigate them just with your knees and then, use the turbo boost as a button that you could hit. I, they really have done some amazing stuff. But the reason why I want to celebrate this is just because we have a lot of listeners that um, have disabilities and have always continued to write into me. And so I just wanted to let them know about that. But also um, and we'll see if what Apple does also coming up with WWDC with more uh, features and accessibility like that. They have really been one of the companies that has kind of led that, at least when you're talking about mobile phones and all the functionality that you have there. All right, we're going to take a little breather just to talk to you about our sponsor, which is you. Thank you so much for everyone up to this point that has sponsored the show through my Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash Tong. You can start for $1 a month. You can bump up to $5 a month. We have different rewards at different tiers, uh, $10, $25. We even have the wild platinum apples that are showing major love. I do want to let you know that we one of the features this is a Q&A, which is a live video stream, that is a benefit at one of the levels. I'm getting that going. It's just that I got to get a piece of equipment in place. So anyways, if you guys and gals want to continue to see uh, and listen to this show and help me out, just get bumped up as I continue to ramp up. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is the place to go. And there you have it. All right, let's keep on rolling through the stories. We do have voicemails that we're going to get to because we wanted to talk about the whole Google duplex situation and maybe how it connects and how it kind of changes the landscape for what Siri is doing. But before that, we have a few more stories, not too much big stuff happening uh, because, again, we're ramping up for WWDC. But a new report, kind of another report to follow up what we've heard a little while ago, 2018 iPhones, again, rumored to have and include the faster 18-watt USB-C charger in the box. 
This is according to Charger Lab, which has what they believe are renders of a European version of Apple's 18-watt USB-C charger. They have the schematics that they believe um, they've received from Asia. We've seen some of that also on Chinese social network Weibo that outline a new power adapter that supports USB-C charging a whole lot faster than anything Apple's included in the box. And I had broken it down. If you bought the USB-C cable, USB-C to lightning cable and the current adapter, you'd be basically spending around $74, $75 to buy that. And I'm supposed to believe that they're just going to bundle this in the 2018 iPhones. We will see. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's still an option, um, but for them to actually bundle it, I'll wait and see if that holds true. You know, I I don't know if they'll if they will actually do it. It's never been done before. All right. Apple continues to expand their self-driving car fleet. This is here in Northern California, according to Mac reports. With new numbers sourced from the California DMV, Apple is 55 vehicles out on the road now, driven by a total of 83 drivers. That's up from 45. Not the biggest deal, but the reason why we bring this up is because Tim Cook at his last earnings call, which was, I believe now, two weeks ago or so, talked about augmented reality, continues to push about augmented reality, and even how it's a difficult space that is really challenging, but it's very, very important for Apple. He called it the mother of all AI projects. And again, he says it's probably one of the most difficult AI projects to actually work on. We know Apple for a while was working on a potential electric Apple car. People got excited about that. But also most people were like, this is not as easy as you think it is. You can't just build and work on a car for a year and all of a sudden just put it out. It takes years to get to that level. We've seen how Tesla is still building up in the challenges they're facing. So the whole idea of an Apple-designed electric vehicle, that has been squashed uh, from what we know. But back in 2016, Apple then transitioned their automotive team to refocus it on not a car, but a self-driving car software system. So that's why Apple still has self-driving cars out on the road. They've expanded their fleet who knows who they'll partner with to package this software in. It's not going to be Tesla unless, for some reason, everyone loves the idea of Apple buying Tesla, which I is not going to happen. I don't want them to because I want Elon Musk to just keep on doing his crazy stuff and doing these amazing things. I don't want anyone to buy him. I don't want that. You don't want that either. But some rumors have suggested that augmented reality aspects could be included in this software that Apple's developing, like a heads-up display that would give you driving details along with data from your maps. And we know that Apple's continued to scale up their maps effort, even being part of this drone program recently we talked about last week to be able to do more details with drones and mapping out and mapping out the world to benefit their maps app. So just kind of a little interesting tidbit. We probably won't see anything like this anytime soon, but guess what? They're working on it. And then... I, don't, I want to keep this for last because it can be boring, but if in case you didn't know, if you didn't think it was over, Apple is still in court with Samsung. Apple is, this has been going on for six years. They're back in court this week for damages, for a damages retrial. This is, I think this might be the second or the third time. It might be the third time that it's happened, and it'll determine how much Samsung has to actually pay Apple for infringing on Apple's design patents. This goes back to the Galaxy S, the i9000 model, which looked 
very similar to the iPhone 3GS. That was kind of one of the big offenders. Apple is demanding $1 billion from Samsung. Apple's trying to base this number on the value of an iPhone. Well, Samsung is saying, no, it should be less than that. It should only be based on a portion of the iPhone's value because we didn't copy the entire phone. It was part of the phone that was infringing on components from Apple, but not the entire thing. So jurors have been selected. There's opening arguments. Ultimately, back when the verdict was decided in 2012, Samsung was ordered to pay $1 billion. Later on, that was eventually reduced to $548 million. Now, of that $548 million, Samsung has paid Apple $399, or at least earmarked that, okay? But Apple's like, no, we want $1 billion. $1 billion. I don't have Dr. Evil because he only said, I think he said $1 million. Not one billion. One million. And if the Samsung Apple Apple beef wasn't done yet, Samsung has a new TV ad comparing the brand new S9 and saying that it is super fast compared to, get ready for it, the iPhone 6. They're running an ad campaign that shows how your phone might be slow and if you're looking to upgrade, you should get a Samsung Galaxy S9. They're showing an iPhone 6 in these ads. It's so stupid. Like, come, I I know who they're appealing, but to make it like the iPhone is super slow, the iPhone 6, how many, hold on, let's let's do the count. 6, 6S, 7, 7S, 10. They're comparing a phone that is five plus years old. Come on, son. What are you doing? Anyways, the ad again then because they just want to milk this as much as possible, shows a man in line, the same man in line with that notch hairstyle in his head. Remember that from the last time the phone released? They, Samsung did an ad comparing the features. That was actually a legitimate ad showing the differences. And then they flash you the picture of the dude with a notch in his hairline. He's now holding his son, and they both have notches in their hair. I think that's really the only reason why they did this ad was to milk that stupid, stupid joke. So, yeah, I'm sorry, Samsung. You're getting a bad apple. Ew. Pretty gross. It's just, don't, don't, you're just reaching so hard. All right, um, let's listen to our voicemails. You know, last week we talked about Google Duplex, and I was on, I'm personally on board with it. I wanted to hear what you all thought, so... We have four calls today. We're going to go through them and talk about them. So let's start off with my man, Frank from Orlando. Hello, Brian. It's me, Frank the Tank from Orlando, Florida. You know, I totally concur on your theory aspects about how she can be improved the same way Google Duplex is is evolving. So me as an Apple fan, I would love to see more improvements, and all of us as well. Just the same way we saw The Rock use Siri in his commercials. If she can pull off stuff like that, then I would love to see Siri improve, make more room the way Google Duplex is doing as well. Thank you. We got we got a rock we got a rock name drop there. <laughs> Again, 
we 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 know what's going on. They need to blow it up. They literally need to blow it up, start from scratch, and give us really a voice assistant that Apple users deserve. All right, next call. Here we go. Juan Guzman. Hey, Brian. Great show. Long-time listener. I'm glad to hear you have your own podcast. Uh, my name is Juan Guzman. I'm from Sacramento. I uh, just listened to your latest podcast uh, regarding Google Duplex. I'm not really too worried about the technology. Uh, well, I guess there's one thing that does worry me, and that's just voice mimicking. You know, we've gotten to the point where uh, voice patterns, it just sounds much more fluid, much more natural. And what stops a person from mimicking someone's voice? And I think that's the part that concerns me the most. Other than that, I'm always fascinated by technology and how it advances. Uh, lastly, uh, you know, whatever happened to Cortana? I guess it doesn't matter. I guess it's just stuck in the Xbox. Um, anyways, thanks a lot. Great show. Keep it up. Thanks, Juan. Uh, Cortana is still alive and doing well, at least on Windows computers. The thing is, Cortana was really its goal was to be escalate itself with the Windows mobile platform. Um, but that that didn't happen. We know that they've pretty much scrapped their entire phone line. So Cortana still does live on. Cortana is still smarter than Siri. It's still, in my opinion, another voice assistant that is still better. Um, but but she's out there. She's out there somewhere. All right, let's check out a name that I'm fond of. Brian in New Orleans. Here we go. Hey, Brian. This is Brian from New Orleans. So glad to have you back online, man. We missed you in that short hiatus. Um, quick thought about the whole Google duplex thing. Uh, it's obvious how far Siri is behind. And I, I feel like anyone who's scared of it at first uh, will get used to it over time. Uh, kind of my relationship with my uh, my Amazon Echo was I got it, played with it. I used to unplug it because I was kind of freaked out about having a mic in my house at first. And then uh, I went to keeping it plugged in. And then from there, I would just mute it. And then um, I kind of got tired of muting it and unmuting it all the time. So now it's just kind of sitting there, always ready the way it was designed to. So I feel like that's kind of the evolution with uh, with humans and technology in general. You kind of get freaked out by something at first. You get used to it over time once you realize it's not bad. So just my thoughts on it. Um, obviously, Apple has doesn't seem to have anything to respond to that. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do and how long it'll take them to get there. Really glad you're back. Thanks. Yeah, uh, you know what? First of all, like we talked. First of all, hold on. First of all, I need addresses. I said New Orleans, and I know that is actually a huge, like huge no-no. It's New Orleans, from what I've been told. So uh, that I will throw out. I must say that yes, I deserve a bad apple. <laughs> I deserve that. I'm sorry, Brian. You got the. I was all giving you the hype with the name, but um, to your call, a lot of times. New technology may freak out people, but it's it's making people comfortable with this so that we incorporate it into our interactions. Think Touch ID took a while for people to get used to. Even the home button not being able to be pushed down, that was a different thing. The whole revolution of the home assistant by voice, just like a touchscreen was so so new and foreign to us, some people at the time were like, I still like my BlackBerry. I still like my BlackBerry with physical buttons. And some people still do to this day. But the touchscreen has taken over, and now everyone has completely accepted that. The voice assistant is kind of that new 
new interface and young people are totally comfortable with it or even just like to play my niece and nephews they just like to play and have fun with it they don't use it like i do to turn on lights and close things but they just like to have fun with it it is just getting this stuff ingrained into our everyday life where it becomes normal and it takes time but again look the whole end goal of this is if you've seen the movie her i'm not saying that we we're getting to that point if we can hear our voice assistant like Google duplex talking to us daily. That That is straight up the movie Her. And if you haven't seen it, you should see it. It's uh, Joaquin Phoenix and the voice is Scarlett Johansson. It's a fascinating movie. It's really cool. And it is, uh, it is a statement about where we're going and where we're heading. You can see all these dots connecting. And I think Her even came out maybe two years ago. Might have even been three years ago. But check that out. All right, we've got one last call from my man Tyler from Hialeah. What's going on, B Tone? How you doing, man? Tyler coming at you from Hialeah. Hey, brother. Just wanted to comment on the Siri Google scenario that's happening out there. Well, I was heavily considering uh, this past week actually buying a Pixel phone. Because just because of my experience that I've had with the Google Assistant and the Google Home that I have, the three actually Google Homes that I have, it's just been fantastic. And hearing that Google Duplex just makes me salivate even more uh, over potentially making the big jump. Um, but that's just where I'm at. I don't know if anybody else is like me that has even has even entertained or began to entertain switching over your phone to a Google uh, Pixel or some kind of Android device, because it is definitely, man, it's it's awesome. So anyway, just want to leave that comment. Don't know if anybody else is out there like me, but I uh, just wanted to throw that at you. All right, freedom. Tyler, is this the Apple bits, or is this the Google bits? No, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I, think, I think you speak to a lot of, look, there's a lot of people that are, iOS 11 kind of turned them off. I mean, people want new things. And right now, kind of that new shiny toy that you're not sure if you're going to do because the ecosystem holds you so tight. It holds you so tight is that, look, what they showed off at Google I.O. And I can't, I'm really curious to see what the new hardware in sept, roughly September-ish will be for the new Pixel 3. It's going to be a compelling reason for people to switch. I think that there are, I don't see anything like, half the people on on iOS switching, but I, I think you get like one out of 10, one, two out of 10 people maybe now these days actually going to make the switch in the next year. Apple is still going to dominate here in the US. Android dominates globally. Obviously, it makes sense with all the phones they have, but a pure Android experience, I think the Pixel 2 is an amazing phone. I love the OS, and every OS has their own quirks and hiccups and stability issues, but I really enjoyed the Pixel 2, and so uh, we will see what happens, but you're not alone. My friend, you are not alone. All right, thanks so much for everyone calling. Remember, you can be a part of the show, and if there was stuff you want to talk about, I I feel like once WWDC hits, we're going to get so much, so much to talk about, but the phone number, 833-888-888. ABXL, that's 833 888 2295. 
Before we go, we've got to show love and say thank you so much to our Platinum Apples, Brandon Ledford, Terrence McKelvey from Stratos Wealth Partners, Gil Cabrera, and Andy Halverson. Those are the Platinum Apples. And thank all of you for your support at patreon.com slash Tong. And if you haven't already and you really enjoy what you're listening to, you know what? Help a brother out because, again, I am independent and this is this is my thing from scratch. No one is paying me we, except you, I guess. Yeah, that is, that's what it is. So thank you so much again for your support as we continue to ramp up and bring new things to the table. That's going to do it for this week's show. It's Apple Bits XL, baby. Take care. Be safe. Peace. <laughs>